This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hi, I'm Lahari Neil Peretti, founder of LN Accounting Advisor, and this is Then What? With another story of a big then what business moment which transformed into real success made possible by real leadership. Strategic planning and implementing change are inevitable for any entrepreneur or leader when arriving at big moments of change, those huge then what moments. And every leader needs an advisor and confidant with the experience in assisting them with effectively leading their teams through change, difficult times, or rapid growth. Often leaders need input from someone with unbiased perspective and solutions to deploy. For me, one of those people has been Renata Porter. Coming up, you'll hear Renata share why organizational design and development and leadership and executive coaching can both be so crucial for any entrepreneur to move to the next big stage of their business or to overcome major challenges. How her work with me and my company, LN Accounting Advisor, has been transformative and why being candid and being willing to have hard conversations is key in achieving real growth. Thank you so much for uh, getting on. So my relationship with you, I think, started like earlier on this year, right? Right. Kind of around the pandemic starting and all the craziness that happened with accounting firms all around, right? One of the things that I'm fortunate to work with you on is one from one angle being my business coach, coaching me through some of the organizational changes we had, as well as like getting to that next step. And I think another section is also helping me as my project manager a little bit inside my company. I wanted to kind of actually ask you, because I've seen it from my point of view of things that you can do for us and things that you can do for our company. But what are some of like the aha moments that without exception that you've noticed that your other clients have faced or kind of experienced by working with an executive coach and consultant? like yourself. I think what I've enjoyed as far as working with you is that it really is a true partnership and you are open to criticism, um, improvements. Um, you don't receive compliments very well, but, but you're getting better. Um, whereas a lot of times when I'm pulled in for coaching or if I'm pulled in to come in and do a, a bit of work, especially people that have only been in business between one and four or five years, they pull me in because they know they need me, but they want it to work within the way they feel is best. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. So a good thing is I never want to take anybody off of their their vision and where they want to go. Where the problems arise is that they kind of close themselves off for um, opportunity. And that opportunity could be to make things move quicker or more simply or um, to actually go in a different direction that maybe they never had thought about. So I think, you know, with, with your organization, I think with Ellen accounting, the, the, 
it's it's been wonderful for me because I can get in and work and I actually see the workings of the staff and I see how they operate and how they work with each other. And it really helps me and aids me in like making suggestions, whether it's from a management or leadership perspective, whether it's an organizational structure, whether it's a process, whatever it may be, it's it's a lot easier from that perspective. Now, I know a lot of companies can't, um, you know, can't afford to bring me in to actually work with them at the same time, you know, to take on a role and actually get in the inner workings while I'm doing the coaching. But I think that's where it's been very different and beneficial for both me and, and Ellen Accounting, I hope. For sure. hundred percent. So like, what do you do in instances that, you know, your customers don't actually kind of listen to your input? And how do you kind of navigate that? Well, I'll be I'll be really honest. I've you know I'm I'm a little bit older and, and well seasoned. I have um, clients that I allow them to sit in their mess because I know there's nothing that I can do to change their thought process. So I'll always start with a with a conversation of can I just present the opportunities? You can always say no. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I see. This is what I feel. That kind of thing. You know, I always start that way. But I always have a really good sense of when someone's open to it and when they're not. And I know, you know, them challenging me sometimes is great because then that brings a a depth of a conversation to where we both come up with a solution that maybe we never either one of us never thought of before right so so that part is good it's when they become really closed off and shut down and it's like no this is how i'm going to do it and i can see issues moving forward so what i tend to do is i will say okay this is what i expect that you'll encounter this is how we'll go and then I kind of let them have to learn from experience. Or maybe I learned from experience and they were right and they move on. Nine times out of ten, they have to get slapped around a bit to realize that there are <laughs> other people who have ideas and you're bringing me in for to help you, not to hinder you, right? So it's really kind of strange because people know they need help, but they're unwilling to accept it. It's a, it's a very strange um, environment sometimes. I will say this past year with COVID, things have kind of really shifted because I think everybody's just been thrown off kilter. Yeah. So people have been a little bit more open. And I think I've got a few um, executive coaching clients that are just kind of came in, uh, I don't want to say beat down, but um, really at a loss as to where to go next, you know. And sometimes... I can offer um, support and sometimes it takes me digging into their, what they're doing, what they've been doing. It takes me a little bit to chip away. And I think, you know, um, I'm never going to profess to give everybody the right answer immediately. So when the clients allow me to work with them and dig and understand what they're doing, we usually always end up in the right direction. But I feel like I went off topic. I don't know if I answered your question or not. (laughs) (laughs) No, you did. So like, why, why also do you think, or why should clients have an executive coach? Like why do businesses need that in your opinion? Well, I think, um, first of all, it's, it's kind of a lonely place to be as a leader of an organization. It can be very, very lonely. And, 
you know, a lot of people do depend on their partners or their spouse or their best friend to be that like sounding board, but they don't, they don't really, they aren't in your business day to day. So I think that people make the assumption that executive coaches and, and maybe some, some of them are, are horribly expensive and they don't provide a lot of, um, um, actionable, realistic, away from theory input. And that's, I can't stand theory. I hate fluff. I'm nowhere near any of that kind of stuff. So um, I think people need the executive coaching, not only to support them, to make sure they feel like they're on the right path. Have they really thought things through? Because I think, you know, most people don't get into business for themselves because they want to fail. They absolutely want to succeed. But I think that um, there's two sides of it. I think they need someone to help support them just in their own mental state and keeping their, their um, attitude up. I mean, you know that from experience. You've had times where you want to beat yourself up, and I, I try to stop you. <laughs> yeah, Actually, I, I just say stop 100%. it. <laughs> but, um, um, but I also think, you know, they, they also need the support for someone to come in and can fill little gaps here and there on areas where they just don't have the right staff to meet this one simple need instead of going out and hiring um, another person, you know, I might, because of my experience, you know, I might be able to fill gaps as well and just kind of move them on to, to moving forward with their vision. I was going to say like, even when I came to you or, you know, when we decided to work together, I was in a situation too, where it was, it was wild. It was crazy, right? Like it was, our team was working so much because of this whole PPP and um, all the SBA relief funding. And um, we were experiencing growth, but at the same time, we were experiencing a lot of change, both in the industry, the environment, within our firm. There was so much. And it's it's hard. Like, I, I can say from my personal experience, like, it's hard being the only person like without a co-founder, especially to not have that sounding board, like you mentioned, like you know, when we get on conversations or when we get on phone calls to talk, like what's been very helpful for me is to like, sometimes it's even to validate my feelings, right? right? Like of, Hey, I'm thinking this. Do you think that's, do you think I'm being, um, you know, normal or is this okay? What do you think? Having that, um, sounding board off of you has like helped me a lot. And I think for me as well, being younger, right? A young entrepreneur, I know I haven't learned as much and having someone that's a lot more seasoned and see has seen more things and seen more problems and issues in organizations that can bring a different perspective has been very helpful. Um, I will say for sure for my mental health and for her business, right? <laughs> so I was just curious. Um, I wanted, you know, others to hear why, why businesses, um, would need an executive coach, even if they're just starting off. Right. Um, cause we're also fairly new. We're two years old, but we have you, um, help us and help the team, not just me, uh, go through any changes, right? Like it's not just organizational changes, but even within like being more accountable and being more of a team and a partner with our clients and all of that. Or if somebody were to get on a call with you, a discovery call with you, what is some advice that you think you can, you can automatically give off the bat, um, or questions that you can maybe even ask that you think that like, Oh, you've seen businesses already start to think and their wheels start to turn. Um, 
I don't know. Typically, when I get that first phone call, there's a very specific need that each client um, is looking for. And usually it's because they can't, um, they're stuck in a rut and can't move their team forward. The problem with that is that there's no like one simple answer because it could be a myriad of things, right? It could be their leadership style or lack thereof, or just not enough experience to round it out. You know, it could be that things are kind of all over the place, like things are a bit disorganized. So I think what I tend to do is I, I, you know, as you know, I, I pick away, I ask a lot of questions and I, I think whether someone comes on with me or they're with somebody else, I think they need to approach the assistance or the coaching with an, um, an open heart and mind. And what I mean by that is like, you need to lay it on the table and be honest, especially if you're looking for quicker results, because the longer that we have to dig and uncover, um, then the longer it takes us to help you, or even worse, we may not give you what you need. And I don't know that that's necessarily the coach's fault. Right. So I don't know that I can give you, um, like one pat answer other than to say, no matter what, people are people. And I, I don't care what kind of problem we're going through. Like, like, I mean, it's a bit different for you because you've always been a remote organization, but a lot of companies really struggled making that transition to being remote, you know, because of processes. Even if they have processes in place, they had to adjust their processes. Um, but in the end, it doesn't really matter what the issues are. You're still leading people and you're still working towards a goal or a vision. So your questions and concerns should always be about how do I get where I need to go? What's the right path? Am I doing the right things? Um, am I wasting time on things that aren't important? You know, how do I value my time? You know, am I placing more value on doing rote activity that doesn't bring, you know, money through the door. Should I hire somebody to kind of do that activity and let me focus on bringing money in, you know, but there's all kinds of, you know, questions that, that I would ask to uncover. But I think if they can come, come to me with, you know, kind of like an open book, it helps things move along much quicker. And in the end, I'm always going to revert back to how are you treating your people? How are you treating yourself? What are the things you're saying to your people? You know, what things do you have in place so people can do their job? So it all reverts back to everybody working efficiently being people. So how can, how are you able to come in into organizations and as an executive coach and like navigate that, those issues with companies. So like, I know for me, you've actually been in the business, right? Like I said, there's two, two parts of it. So it makes it a little bit easier. Um, even for me to explain like, how are my staff? Like, how do they operate? But going into an organization where you're just their executive coach or their business coach, like how are you able to understand how their people are and able to give them advice? So what I tend to do is I have more in-depth sessions about what they feel is happening or what they feel is not happening and, and, um, and where they want to go. But then I also, um, sit and look at their, 
it depends on what it is. I'll, I'll always look at their people. I'll sit and talk with their people and get their perspective. And that sometimes that's difficult because you have to ensure them that there's a good trust and a good bond there that you're not going to share information back to the CEO because you want you want real information, right? Because you never know if the owner has a perceived thought that things aren't working right or what they're thinking is not really what the real situation is. You know, the people who are actually in it working it usually have a different perspective. Sometimes they they meet really well. Sometimes they're off in two completely different directions. But I'd need to sit with them to understand what they're doing, how they're doing things, how they feel things can improve, where they feel they're struggling and where the gaps are. So once I collect that information, depending on what it is, I'll look to see if – you know, are there processes in place? Can things be streamlined? Can roles be streamlined? Do you have the right people in the right seats? That kind of thing. But if I'm not going to be in there and actually doing an activity where I'm working and getting to know everybody, I have to actually sit and interview the uh, the involved staff. Sometimes I'm brought in to um, help with senior leadership. So um, the next rung down. And that may be, you know, really getting acquainted with them and what they're doing and how they're leading their teams and kind of pulling them on the same page. So I may have some um, uh, leadership sessions with them on, you know, uh, what's the right way to connect with your team and how do you how do you make that individual for you? So there might be some really good leadership um, full day sessions, half day sessions, week long sessions. It depends on what it is to actually bring the leadership, leadership team along as well. And then, um, one of the things that I do offer that most clients don't offer is I follow up. I always go behind and I, I stay in touch and I make sure that it's one thing for me to go, blah, here's the things you should do. And Hey, you know, Lahari, because of how you are, maybe you shift it this way to meet you and next person, maybe you shift it this way to meet you, but then never turn around and follow up to see how it's going. Right. So I always follow up to make sure um, that things are going well because it doesn't behoove the organization or me to go in and make recommendations. And then they just kind of toss them out the window. Right. So there has to be some kind of uh, follow up and making sure that they're feeling comfortable with what I've uh, helped them with. Yeah, the accountability part a little bit right, yeah. um, of it is very, very helpful. Yeah, because I want to see organizations succeed. You know, it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't make me happy just to like sell in a program and, you know, how to be a connected leader. Well, it doesn't do any good if it's just words, right? I want to see them succeed. Yeah, yeah for sure. We'd love to hear from you. Follow us on social media at Ellen Accounting and visit us or contact me directly at lnaccountingcpa.com and subscribe to Then What Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find the best podcasts. Are you looking for financial advice or an outsourced CFO or maybe just help with your books or financials? Well, let's talk. As a listener of the podcast, I want to offer you a free consultation call with me. Go on our website at lnaccountingcpa.com and book a call with me today. Again, that's lnaccountingcpa.com. When you reach out, please make sure to mention this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you.
One thing that happens with many young companies is the co-founders, you know, if there's multiple founders, right, learn more about each other as time goes by, right? And they find that they aren't aligned as they once thought or distrust sets in. How would you approach those co-founders as you start working with them so the process is productive? It's no different than I would if I was just working with one. I would find out where they're doing well and where their hiccups are and where their problems are. And then I would try to be that um, person that helps to bridge the gap. You know, I'm very an honest and upfront um, person. So I'm going to tell them that, you know, listen, if you want to make this work, then there has to be a meeting of the minds or a division of labor or a mutual exception of each other. Or you're not doing any, anybody any favors. Somebody must leave then if, if you're not going to help each other, right? And I know most people don't want that. So I'll usually be very upfront with them and try to work with them both and then try to be that bridge between the two and like really do a strong division of labor. So there's a mutual respect for each other. Whether you really enjoy them or not doesn't really matter. You're in a business. You just have to have a mutual respect and appreciation for what they do and what they can bring to the organization. If I can't get them past that, like if somebody's really burned their bridges and like really destroyed the trust, that's a whole different scenario. And then in that scenario, I would work to where, okay, we need to to change the leadership. Someone needs to to be issued out. But I, most most of the time, that's not the case. It's more just getting them to, because usually when they get to that point, that's because stress has built up, business has picked up, you've got more staff. So the stress level is so much higher. And that's when you really um, understand people's work ethic and um, not even work ethic, but how they approach things, how they approach people. And sometimes that's where that disconnect comes into play, you know, because you're, you're working against each other. Their approaches are very different. So that's where helping to bond them and bring them together so they can understand how each other works and work better with each other and maybe reshape how they face their organization because if they can feel it, everybody in the company can feel it. So it's, you know, it's, it's getting them to face how they present themselves as well to the company. I've only had to really go through that twice. Uh, one was when I was employed by another organization. One was as a, as a coach. And I, I'm happy to say that they were both very successful, not very happy at first, but because um, <laughs> they had to be open to another yeah. person's thought process. But, you know. Again, they're the, all people and everybody should be looking for success, right? Not not being right. No, for sure. And, you know, the one thing I – not the one thing, many things I love about you, but one of the things that I, um, that I really uh, love about you is that what you said before, right? No fluff. Like you're very straightforward and honest and that feedback is sometimes rare because people try to kind of sugarcoat things or not try to hurt people's feelings. But why have you taken kind of that approach of just being very blunt right? And very honest with um, either the leadership or the team to bring out the effective organization and everyone. I found out really young. I started leading. I, I, I fell into it um, very young. I um, took on managing an international sales team when I was in my early 20s. And it was in sales when it was still the good old boys network. Um, and I learned very quickly then that I had to be very direct to be r- respected. 
Now that has shifted quite a bit throughout the years on the reasons why I do things. Now I do I do that because it's a waste of time to be fluffy. It also sends, it may not send the message that you intend because when you're fluffy, everybody has their own interpretation of what you're saying, right? So I think that um, people who beat around the bush or who um, are way up in theory in their approach, it leaves way too much to interpretation. People don't really understand what they're supposed to be doing or what they should be doing. Even from a coaching perspective, you know, even if I wasn't their, their manager, um, it leaves too many things up to interpretation. And then you get down the road and you realize, like, oh shit, you're both on, on different paths. Sorry for my cuss word there. But, um, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's a waste of everybody's time. You know, when I, um, I lived in New Zealand for 10 years and I hold various different um, managerial roles. And my last role was a director of a department at a university. And my approach wasn't... Um, really loved it first, <laughs> especially by senior management, right? Um, but my team quickly came around to it because they knew anything that I said was because I was doing it for the betterment of the team, right? So um, I have this thing that, you know, I say, you know, you say and listen with positive intent, right? So my intentions of what I'm saying is looking for a positive um, outcome, right? Um, and being direct does not mean being rude or mean. You know, that's not my approach. I also listen with positive intent. I also listen to what people are saying because they're probably speaking from the same direction. And that's kind of how I led my teams in going, you know, okay, it's good. Let's have a really good conversation. Let's have an in-depth conversation where everybody speaks and listens in a way to where they're open to what the right process is, right? Um, from that, I really built my team, like my team in that IT department just like took off. And then the senior management started coming around and paying attention to what I was doing because um, they were up, they were motivated, they were working with each other, they were at work on time. The customer, the internal customer was really happy. And so of course they wanted to understand how I got them there. And it's all just because of being direct and knowing where I'm going. I don't tend to flounder. I don't do um, idle very well. So if I'm not going in a direction, I have a problem. Even when I'm on holiday, yeah. what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> not just sitting here. That's sure. <laughs> Yeah, no days off, mm -hmm. huh? <laughs> um, what have you seen, like, coming back to the U.S.? So, like, you were in New Zealand, you know, you worked there, and then you came back here, and you're working with companies here. And obviously, the work culture is different, right, throughout the – um, throughout the world and being in New Zealand for so long and coming back now at this time and seeing or working with a lot of startups, like what have you seen that you're like, this is causing them or stopping them to not move forward? These top, you could, if you could say a couple of things that you would feel like, Hey, this is halting their organizational growth. If they could, you know, stop these or change these, this would kind of get them to their next step or, you know, then what? So I think the biggest lesson, and I don't know that it's a difference between New Zealand and, and, and here is, is that owners get in the mindset and the practice that they have to do everything. Right. 
And of course, they start out that way because a, a lot of organizations bootstrap or they come, uh, you know, they go in with minimal investment, right? So, of course, they start out as being the person that does everything. But then, you know, eventually you have to be able to put a dollar value on what you do and the activity that you take place. And is it better to, to hand that off to someone else? Where is your experience? Where is your, you know, where can you add more to the organization? So I think the biggest thing is that people can't get out of their own way. You know, they feel like they have to do everything instead of just focusing on what's important. And then maybe hiring someone else to help support them in the other things or just focusing on the right things. Yeah. Is there a change of approach that's necessary for you depending on regional culture? Like, do you have to work with someone from New Orleans differently than someone from San Francisco? Um, I think when I start with anybody, I'm always, I always, you know, I second guess myself. So I always kind of go, okay, like if I say this, am I going to offend them? So I usually am a... I let, I warn people, you know, I'm very direct. Um, I, when I'm saying this, it's not to be rude or dismissive or, you know, it's more just me being like, you know, why did you do that? What were you trying to get out of that? Right. It's not like, cause usually the why questions are, are because when your children, you know, your parents will shake their finger at you and go, why did you do that? So it's an automatic response, you know, to be, you know, why are you talking down to me? And it's not, it's more of me going, but why, what were you trying to get out of that? Right. So I don't know if it's a regional thing. I will say there are areas that are much more open to um, being um, direct in their conversation. For example, when I was in New Zealand, South Africans are a lot like Americans. They're very to the point, you know, so um I think here it's just I have to learn the individual, right? And I have to learn what words trigger them into um, being upset, whether it's being upset with themselves or being upset with the team and then like trying to work around that and, and, and helping them change their mindset. But no, I don't really think that for me, I don't approach people differently based on where they're from. It's more of who they are. I might adjust myself. Well, let me ask you, did you have a hard time when we first started with my offering feedback or asking questions about why things were done in a certain way? No, I wouldn't say I had issues. I think, honestly speaking, as when you first came, it was kind of a, a different role, right? Like it wasn't like a business coach, but I think that there was like a clear transition in my head or like how I saw you um, when we were at one of our team meetings and you had pointed something out to me that you know, we were kind of leading in chaos. And at that time, it really hit me that, you know, I had in the back of my mind. And the fact that you had said that to me was like, where I saw that shift of executive coach kind of, you know, or a strategy or or business coaches in my head, that's when it shifted. So to me, it you being your honest feedback is actually why I, I come to you because I know that I can rely on that and for, for being in the business and seeing it from the outer standpoint and not being in it like I am. So it, it's very valuable in that standpoint. And I will say that having honest feedback, like I said, is like very rare and everyone else in your, in my life at least is like not really in my business. Like I can ask for advice. I can, you know, bounce ideas off of people, but they don't know the extent. And sometimes, you know, people tend to speak more about the negatives and the positives. 
right? And I am trying to shift that about myself. Um, but you know, it's, it's human nature to shift, talk more about negatives. And even in your business, you kind of focus on the problems and focus on your wins or success. And I think having you come on board, you've kind of made me look at my business in a bigger picture, like not to focus on just the negatives and to focus on like how we've gotten where we are right now and what we've accomplished so far and how we're helping others. And sometimes that ends up being missed in like the run. And it's helpful to have someone like you to kind of come back and strategize with and not just strategize with from my business standpoint, but even personally, I think, you know, because for right now, business and personal, there's no differentiation, but you know, there kind of it is in some ways. And I think if you're happy in your business, it shows in your personal and vice versa. And it, it's been good to have kind of an all-rounded approach, even though you're primarily focused on my business, it, it does take a, like basically an impact into my personal life as well is what oh. I believe. That's awesome. Thank you for that. So I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I said, I think everybody so, needs the opportunity yeah. to be able to have the support and just unload a bit, you know, I mean, and just say what you're feeling inside, just as long as you don't sit and wallow in it, you know, which I won't let you do. But yeah. <laughs> okay, know, time to move for on. Sure. And I, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. And I, I think one thing that has helped me the most is like my friends sometimes ask me like, oh, how did you do that? Like, how did you... For example, like your first in anything, right, is the most stressful and like thing that gives me the most anxiety, like my first fire, my first hire, like anything, um, or like having that tough conversations with your team, even though you're like, I really don't want to do this. This is causing conflict. Or how do you even resolve conflict with some clients that you might have? Like, how do you approach all those first times? Because I might not have seen all of that. I've never fired anyone in my per in my corporate life, you know? Um, and so being able to get coached through that, I think helps a lot. And it's, it's something that's not taught no. right anywhere. You know, you can't like read a book or you can't like, I mean, you read it, but you don't really apply it. But what I've learned with you and the things that I've gone through in this process is like coaching with you, right? Like you help me draft something and we walk through it together and I have become a better you know, leader, because I'm able to now be more confident and comfortable having conversations that might be difficult. But as a leader and as the CEO of the company, I'm required to. Right. Um, and so it's helped for that for sure. And I think a lot of startups don't have executive coaches from what I've seen. And I, I will highly recommend that, you know, to make that growth quicker and faster and more like less of an anxiety kind yeah. of thing and more of like an enjoyable kind, enjoyable ride. It is very necessary and very important, in my opinion. Well, I think also in that support in those areas where you really struggle with where like, do I let someone go or do I keep them or do I need to adjust their role? You know, those kinds of things are, I find, and you were no different. You take that on personally. Like, what did I do? Did I do something wrong? Right. And, and being able to shift your mindset and thinking that, okay, no, I, I did do this. Take a, you know, take an audit of what you've done and what you haven't done. And if you've, if the audit reflects that you haven't spent the right amount of time with them, then that's what it reflects. But if the audit reflects that you have, and it's starting to affect your business and your clients, well then, you know, then 
you should feel good and, and okay with making the right moves for you and your organization. I think that's another area where people really struggle with, like, I don't want to hurt somebody and their livelihood and their house. And, you know, there comes a point in time where adults are adults. They have to be responsible for themselves. You know, they know what they're doing and what they're not doing and they make the choice, but you have to make the choice for the organization and everybody else in your company that's actually doing a really good job. And I think, too, when you let people go, I mean, that, that was one thing that was, you know, kind of stood out for me in the, the book we've been reading, that uh, leadership and self-deception, de- uh, is that there's a right way and a wrong way to let people go, no matter what, or to hire people, no matter what, people are people. So you have to treat them um, with the bit of, of respect and humanity as you move people on or as you bring them on, one of the two. 100%. So the theme of the show is, then what? right? So what comes next in the pivotal moments in a business journey? What would you say are the biggest considerations for any business leader as they approach important new chapters in their business so they can have the best chance of success? I think there's two areas and they're going to seem like they're opposite statements, (laughs) but I'm going to say them anyways. (laughs) Um, Process. It's boring. Everybody hates it. Um, but they just make everything from top to bottom work and function. So you can shift, right? So you can shift people or you can embrace gaps or treat your customers all the same and making sure that they're being serviced the way that they need to be, you know, served. So I think that having processes in place and they don't have to be big, long documents. They can just be, um, you know, videos a lot like what we do with you guys helps you be able to pivot because you have something down um, to where everybody in the organization knows what they should be doing and where they're going. And it's no different between the person on the left than it is for the person on the right. Okay. It gives you that baseline of normalcy that you always know what's happening in a certain situation because you know that people are following the process. Okay. The opposite of that is being open to change and understanding that sometimes things need to move on, right? So don't just do something because it's always worked. If the environment around you has shifted, then you need to shift with the environment, right? So I think not being afraid of change is a big thing. And that's like going from hiring your first employee to going, I'm going to completely shift my business. I thought I was going this way. I need to pivot this way, right? So those both, depending on the individual, can be very overwhelming situations. Can I afford my very first employee, right? Oh my God, what are my customers going to think if I completely shift my my business, right? What is my staff going to think? So I think um, it's kind of those two things. Like if you can get the processes down on the simple things that move you forward that keep you at a baseline of being able to be effective in serving your clients, you should do it. And then also not be afraid of making your first steps and going in a direction that you know is going to lead you down a path. I guess the opposite side of that is don't make so many changes. We kind of went with that with 
with you right at first, didn't we? Whereas like you were making, you were changing things quite often and I think you get people tired. So it's like, you know, pace them out a little bit, think them through. Don't be, don't be a little crazy with your changes, but uh, be open to it. It might be scary and overwhelming, but you might need to go there. <laughs> I was like, I have shiny object syndrome. So it changes one of the things I had to control <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> as opposed to others. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for, you know, being on here. If you could say one thing to the listeners, what would that be? Well, I would say that if you need the support, get the support that you need. You can adjust it to fit your bank account. But I think that, you know, your mental stability and your operational stability within your organization is what is going to keep driving you forward towards your vision, right? So if you don't get the support, you know, mentally for you to make sure that you're doing the right planning and, and you've got your strategies down and that you've got someone to bounce things off of, then you're always going to be inside your own head and, and constantly in that spin. And then having someone to help you with the operational side that can um, look at things without any, you know, emotion wrapped up into it and go, why do you have this person doing this job? You know, I feel like they would be better doing this job. So I think, you know, be open to coaching, whether it's personal support or executive coaching to help you with your operational side of your business. I think it will help you dramatically. And again, you can always shift that to a couple meetings to somebody who works with you every day. So suit it to you. How could someone get a hold of you or get in touch with you? Sure. So I have my website, which is renataporter.com. And then you can email me at rp at renataporter.com. I know that sounds very full of myself, but uh, <laughs> it's just my initials. That's easy enough. <laughs> Thank you so much, no Renata. Problem. Thank for you for having here. me on. I really appreciate it. So many entrepreneurs resist a relationship with an advisor or coach. With my company, we were primed for our next stage of growth, and I knew we needed additional structure as well as a thorough plan to take on new clients and staff. In just a short amount of time, Renata Porter made a remarkable difference understanding what we needed as an organization, applying her expertise to help us with our growth. Her approach is professional open, and in my case, was completely geared towards my company. When she says she doesn't deal in fluff or theory, she means it. Everything she put forward, including her guidance, is in the best interest of her client. There's nothing cookie cutter about her or her work, and she personifies why we all need a partner to keep us on course as we navigate the inevitable, then what moments of our entrepreneurial journeys. I'm Lahari Nilpreti. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Then What is produced by Ellen Accounting Advisor in partnership with Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals on this podcast and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Ellen Accounting Advisor or Mouth Media Network. No portion of this program should be considered financial advice or consultation. Thank you for listening.